Welcome to another episode of the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. I am your host, the infamous Ultimate One from New York City. And today, we're having a special interview with a gentleman who wrote a book called Lance by Chance, Wrestling as Ivan Eric. The gentleman's name is Vinnie Berry. Um, him and Lance um, wrote this book. And this book, uh, to me, I read it. It's awesome. So, Vinny, how you doing? I'm doing really good. Thank you very much for having me on your show, Henry. Yes. Um, so I read this book, and, I mean, I was intrigued by the stories of that Lance Von Erich, um, you know, told in this book. I mean, we've we seen a lot of documentaries about the Von Erichs, uh, their tragic story, whatever. But before I start with the book, what made you uh, actually participate in this project with Lance? I have a website that I write wrestling stories on. I write uh, about independent wrestlers or I write about veteran wrestlers, you know, guys in the wrestling business. And I was talking to James Beard a couple of times and Lance's name came up uh, in our conversations. And I think the second time that we talked, he just said, hey, this is how you get in touch with him. I always thought that he would be an interesting story to write about in you know, when I initially thought about writing about him, I just wanted to write a story about him for my website. So, you know, at this at this time, I wasn't interested in writing the book. But when I reached out to Lance and, you know, I, I reached out to Lance and he was like, hey, here's my number. And he gave me his number. I called him the next day and uh, told him what I was interested in doing. And his thought was, well, who cares? And why do you want to do this? And, um, you know, I really don't think there's an interest in it. And I'm so far removed from wrestling. I just don't think anybody really cares. And I was like, dude, I care. Mm. You know, I, I care about wanting to know what happened and everything. And so, you know, he agreed to write the story with me and we wrote a story, uh, for my website. And then, uh, I felt like there was a lot more. And I just said to him, I said, look, uh, has anybody ever approached you about writing a book? And he goes, yes, I have. But I never, never uh, really uh, wanted to do it or I, I'm so far removed from wrestling. And I said, if you change your mind and you uh, uh, ever want to write a book, uh, I want to be the one who writes your story. And he said, write the book. Oh, wow. I mean, because it's interesting because, I mean, the beginning of the book, um, you could tell that he was, he wasn't into wrestling. He, he wasn't a guy who was brought up in wrestling. He never watched wrestling. He was more into the bodybuilding stuff. Uh, and um, and he was discovered by Fritz Van Erich and David Manning uh, in a golf course. Because at that time, uh, back in 1984, uh, David Von Erich, the, the one who was supposed to win the NWA belt, for Ric Flair because NWA was already planning to do the uh, put the bell on him. He was approached 
by Rich Von Erich and David Manning because David Von Erich died. So um, my question, uh, did he, um, how can I say this? Because um, I know I read the book and he said that, he, you know, he was just minding his business and approached him. I mean, um, I mean, to me, it was like, okay, a guy, he was, um, I think he was like 194 pounds, something like that. Um, I mean, did, did he ever, I mean, did he ever, while, while you talking to him and while he was telling the story, did he ever thought about telling them no on the spot? Okay, so so remember that David David Manning was the guy who was about 194 pounds. Okay. When, when, when David Manning approached Lance on the golf course, um, the, David was by himself golfing. He approached Lance. I mean, yeah. I, you, you. I mean, yes. You, you, you understand the story very well. Fritz was not with him at the time, but Fritz already had the idea. Yeah, but I, right? I, I know in the book he said that they were they were being followed by David Manning and Fritz von Erich in the golf Yeah, Fritz, Yeah, Fritz, Fritz wasn't there that day. In the no, golf he wasn't. Course. Oh, he was, was David being, Manning. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he was being followed by David. But so David did approach him, and you got to remember when he approached uh, Lance at the time. Lance was in the bodybuilding, and so they approached him on on the on the uh, idea of the look alone. You know, he had the body, and he, you know, he was muscled up, and he's, I don't know what he was at that time. I would yeah, I think he was, he was doing the real estate, uh, according to whatever, he was doing the real estate thing. He was yeah, he was, he, was a, he was a real estate agent, and he was uh, uh, bodybuilding, you know, and, and, and not to go back too far in the book, uh, but, you know, he because of the way his mother kind of was controlling and kind of forced him into uh, a healthy lifestyle, he uh, really got into the bodybuilding, the weight, you know, the body, the body sculpturing and stuff like that. So, you know, um, and, and that almost became his drug. You know, he was a, a type of person who was very extreme whenever he made up his mind to do something he went in a hundred percent and and you know talking about yeah you're absolutely right about the uh the nwa uh they did have their eye on on david von eric and when david died lance wasn't so much as a replacement for work david uh but he definitely fritz needed uh the Von Erich name on every card, and that was, you know, I think Fritz was concerned about the bottom line, and with uh, losing David, uh, that was one less Von Erich uh, on the card, and uh, yes, they they needed more Von Erichs, and that was the idea of creating the Lance gimmick, or the character. All right, so... So now we knew that David Von Erich uh, had passed away, and they yes they were planning to put the belt on on David Von Erich, but not. And this is I'm just asking for your opinion. Do you? I mean, I think the only reason they needed a third Von Erich was because remember, during that time, the Von Erichs were feuding with the Freebirds, and there was three Freebirds, and now David was gone. Now you had it. You had to put a third Von Erich. So, do you think there was? Pretty, uh, I mean, I, I found it kind of unfair on Lance to put that type of pressure on him to be like the third Von Eric. So, I mean, yeah, what are your thoughts about that? Well, yeah, and think about it. It's a very good point that you brought up. Thing is, is Lance wasn't a wrestler. 
didn't know how to wrestle, didn't understand the business to the degree that the Von Erich boys, you know, the office, you know, um, being February of 1984, Mike Von Erich had already made his debut in November of 83. You got to understand he wasn't passionate about the, the, the wrestling business. He really didn't want to be a wrestler, but the office really didn't think he was quite ready for that role of uh, taking on the Freebirds. So they, yes, they created another uh, uh, Von Eric. What I, what I, yes, I think it was a little unfair to put him in that role because he didn't know how to wrestle. But again, they went solely on his, his look. And instead of bringing him in right away, you know, they sent him to Portland to, to train him. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I guess they, they were just kind of like, look, this guy can pass as a Von Eric. He has very similar, uh, facial, uh, characteristics and, uh, he has an amazing body. He looked great. He was a handsome dude. All the Von Erics, you know, the women loved all the Von Erics, and they just thought, you know, yeah, we can fit him in as a cousin, and and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, and, and now, now, here's the crazy part because now, as I, we go along the book, um, when he first met Fritz Von Erich, now Fritz Von Erich wanted to him to train with other wrestlers, but as you mentioned, they send them to Pacific Northwest. Where their biggest start back then with Don Owens was uh, Billy Jack Haynes. Now, um, well, I read on that chapter, him and Billy Jack Haynes were able to, I guess they were, they became roommates, whatever. Um, Billy Jack Haynes was pretty much to himself. I mean, he was, uh, according to what Lance said, he was more to himself. Uh, Billy Jack Haynes just came home from prison or oh, a couple of years he remained in, he was in prison and then Billy Jackson pretty much like kind of took him under his wing and then you have Bobby Jaggers in that in that place um, and other wrestlers I forgot can name him right now and he was known as Ricky Vaughn um I, I according to the book that I read he was uh, I mean it was a uh, an experience that he said he learned a lot um again um what are your thoughts about that I mean cuz he, he, I mean, the beginning, as soon as he went in there, he started seeing crazy stuff. I mean, he mentioned the story about the hotel and all that stuff. What, what, I mean, what's your thought about that? Well, you know, very interesting. So he had an opportunity when uh, Fritz took some time to train him down here with some of his wrestlers. But, yes, he sent him up to Portland. Uh, in that time that he was training, with uh, Fritz's boys, uh, he had an opportunity to meet Billy Jack. They had brought Billy Jack down here for almost like a trial run to kind of see how he would work out for the company. Um, obviously, um, you know, David Manning uh, had mentioned that he was a difficult person to uh work with and that's why he didn't have a longer he did not have a longer run in world class but in that little short period that they were testing him out that's where lance met him and lance had told billy uh on one of their trips that hey you know it there's a good possibility i could be going to portland he goes well if you do call me up and uh you know i'll let you stay with me and whatever well that that worked out you know 
he did go up there. He did call him. And, and so he did. You're right. He took him under his wing. He gave him a place to stay until he got on his, uh, you know, his feet. You know, you got to remember he's coming to a place that he's never been before. And, you know, and all the guys were really good about helping him. You know, Bobby Jaggers uh, uh, kind of took him under his wing as well. And, you know, he was kind of working with Billy Jack and Bobby Jaggers. Um uh, he met a friend in uh, Jerry Gray. He credits Jerry Gray for spending a lot of time with him after the matches and uh, before the matches. Um, Even Sandy Barr. In Sandy, Sandy Barr. Yes. Yeah, so. Absolutely. But uh, it's, it's, it's funny because so, as I'm reading the book, right, and that part with him being in Poland, I, I noticed that Don Owens uh, was really trying to, you know, um, make sure that he does very well because he expected Don Owens, I mean, I'm sorry, Don Owens. He expected Lance to stay there because he was wrestling under the name of Ricky Vaughn. Am I right? That's the name? Correct. Okay. Ricky uh -huh. And that was a name that Don Owens put on him, yes. Yeah. So I, 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 as I'm reading the book, Don Owens had a bigger picture for him because he wanted him to yes. do well in, in, in Portland, and then he could work for WWE. But remember, at uh, that time, Lance Van Eric was not telling anybody that he was going to be working with Fritz right. as a Von Eric. So, I mean, right. It's that, that I think, I, I think Don Owens was looking for a better, um, wanting him to become a bigger star. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, when, when, when he went up to Portland, I think Don was like, Hey, look, I see the potential in this guy. You know, he's a good looking guy. He's got a heck of a body. You know, and yeah, he might he might not be the the you know the the best wrestler on the roster on the roster, but you know what? We're going to teach him what he needs to know, and you know they put a rocket on that kid, and you know as if you know, you know before he left, he was the Pacific Northwest heavyweight champion. So obviously, Don believed in him that much, right? To to be the the top man of his promotion. Well. um yeah, and you're right about the, the fact that even Lance at that point, we call him Lance, Ricky Vaughn, but at that point, he didn't even know if Fritz was going to uh, pull the trigger on his idea. You know, he he wasn't comfortable about telling a lot of people that, hey, I could be a Von Eric, uh, but he didn't because he didn't know if that was finalized. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think, in the, in, I, I mean... To me, I think it would have been a little different if Billy Jack Hayes would have never left the Pacific Northwest. Because remember, at that time, uh, I think he went to WWE during that time where Vaughn, uh, when Lance had the Pacific Northwest title, and in that, in that, and that stand that he stood in Pacific Northwest, he met Steve Simpson, and at that time too. So um, I know that uh, Lance had issues. I think I think Billy Jack Hayes went to Japan. He came back, started acting like crazy. I mean, we're not gonna get too crazy into the details. I mean, because we want to have people read this book, but then um, um, uh, what the, they basically uh, had a Lance, falling out. And, well, yeah. yeah, they had a falling out, and then Lance and Steve Simpson became very close friends. I think they even won the Pacific Northwest tag team titles. And you're right because he was worried that Fritz von Erich forgot about him because while he was in Portland, yeah, he's saying to himself, "Wow, Fritz forgot about me. I think I'm not going to be wrestling world class." Well, but I guess because yeah, he kind of didn't know. He kind of didn't know what was going on. Yeah. 
But I think the, uh, the way I'm looking at it, I think because they told him, oh, you know, you don't have the Von Eric name. When you go back to Dallas, you know, you're going to make a lot of money. Because, you know, at that time, world class was making crazy money. They were making a lot Absolutely. of money. Especially with the Freebirds and Von Eric uh, feud. You know, the Von Erics were very popular in Dallas and in Texas. Um, and I think that's what he was he was thinking about. I mean, it was about money. Oh, absolutely. You know. Um, yeah, and go ahead. Yeah, and 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 he and he also had a wife in Dallas. Yes, uh, he did say you know he so, did talk about infidelity, but that's part of wrestling. That happens in, in wrestling. I mean, it's it's crazy because I know he talked about his wife about how the time that he was in Portland, uh, the you know, and not being in Texas uh, that took a toll of, of that, but. But I, um, when he left Pacific Northwest, Don Owens pretty much kind of uh, warned him, oh, if you stay with Fritz, it's not going to be good for you because, you know, the kids, his kids are going to be the top notch, or, you know, the top stars of the promotion. But he still wanted to go to, uh, um, to, to um, Dallas. Your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, since since. Don Owen got the call from Fritz and uh, Ricky Lance, a.k.a. Lance, uh, came from Dallas. I think in the back of Don's mind, um, he thought that he might want to go back to Dallas. And yes, he did say, hey, look, you know, he, he is... His his boys are the the biggest stars. You're you're not going to get the push. I'll give you the push. Right. You could be a big star. You you could probably go straight to the WWE uh, e or F. Or, you know, at that time. Have, yeah. And yeah, you could be the biggest star. You could be a big star there. Um, but again, because Lance, Ricky, aka Ricky, never 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 said that. Hey. I could go back there as a Von Eric. Um, you know, nobody knew that. And so because nobody knew that, everybody thought that, you know, even even Lance himself thought that, hey, you know, I know what's best for me. And, you know, Don, well, I know what's best for you. And I'm sure Fritz thought, hey, I know what's best for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, everybody yeah. everybody was trying, to say, <laughs> was trying to tell the guy what's best for him. Um, sure. So now he lands. He lands back in world class, and I mean he made he wrestled in six man tag. Um, I think at one point one of the Von Erichs got hurt. He was working two two day um, twice a week or uh, twice a day, uh, and now he's looking at uh, you know even though the success because again the Von Erichs were big and then not only that but then the tragic of I think was Mike was the one that passed away. And now he's seeing also Gino Hernandez uh, got killed, and then Chris Adams situation. I mean, the stories are fascinating. What's going on world class? It looked like this promotion was jinx. You know, you you feel that way? Uh, well, you know, you got to remember uh, the times. You know, it was the the mid eighties. Um, it was a lot different times than than it is today. Um, steroids were huge. Um, drugs were huge and, and not only drugs were, were big in that, in that promotion, but when I talked to other people, uh, for the book, you know, it's pretty much across the board in the wrestling business itself that, you know, I mean, 
look, these guys are taking a toll on their body. They're they're wrestling every day, almost every day, if not six days, some seven days a week. Anyway, they're taking a toll on their body, mm-hmm. and they wanted to keep their spot. And sometimes they would wrestle when they probably shouldn't have. So you know, some of the guys you know masked it with prescription drugs or street drugs or alcohol, whatever. You know, I'm. It's just the 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 lifestyle, you know. And uh, yeah, a lot of stuff happened. And that's the thing I want to really mention about the the book, uh, Henry, is that of course it. Of course, the book talks about Lance's career and what happened to him and how he got in the business, but it really does thoroughly cover the time that that he was there at World Class because when he was there, you know, as you mentioned, Gina Hernandez died, Mike Von Erich died, you know, Kerry had his motorcycle, Chris, Chris Adams had some troubles with the law. Uh, he, yeah, he, he met uh, Bruiser Brody there, who a couple years after he left was killed. And so there was a lot of stuff that happened in world class, and that's in the book. You know, somebody somebody asked me the other day, I said, well, I, I don't quite understand why you had a full chapter of Gino Hernandez in the book, since he admits that he wasn't real close with, yeah, they, they worked together, but he had only been there uh a few months, like six months. So he wasn't real close with Gino. Why would you give Gino a full chapter in the book? Well, because of what happened to yeah, Gino, that's you true. know, that's true. And I, look, and in my view, again, this book, and I think I told you this privately, this book, people have to get this book. I, I mean, if you are a wrestling fanatic and you're into the documentary stuff and, and stories of this wrestlers, I mean, this Lance, uh, uh, Lance Valeric book is fascinating because now you mentioned the Gino Hernandez book. Yes, we seen the dark side of the ring. They talked about the Gino Hernandez situation. But the, this book, even as, as you're reading it, you could vividly, vividly see in your head as you read it what was happening. I mean, he even mentioned Bruiser Brody being a great booker at when, when Bruiser Brody was in world class. I mean, and that's something that... I mean, I had heard so many bad stories about Bruiser Brody being a bully, blah, blah, blah. But here's Lance Von Erich telling the truth. Uh, I mean, being honest about it. And, you know, he's telling you that, hey, look, okay, Bruiser Brody may have had a bad reputation, but, you know, he was a great booker. He understood the, the business. Same thing with Gino Hernandez. Yeah, Gino Hernandez may not have been around six months or whatever the case was, but these guys were bringing money to world-class wrestling. And Lance Von Erich um, pretty much, uh, you know, kind of you know made money out of that also sure sure and another thing that i i liked uh when when lance was talking about uh, bruiser brody was that he he mentioned that you know what a dedicated husband and father he was yeah and how how dedicated he was to certain rituals that he had before his matches you know uh he was like hey yeah, I never, I never went to the gym with this guy. I never saw him at the gym, but you know, twenty minutes before the match, he was doing, you know, hundreds of squats and, you know, uh, you know, getting ready for for his match. And that was what he did every day, you know, squats or whether it be push-ups or stretching or something. But you know, he was in his zone, and so you know, it just. Uh, 
I, I liked how he described some of these guys and how he how he uh, helped me understand uh, who these guys were. You know, we see them on TV and we hear stories of them, you know. But, yeah, Lance does a really good job of painting the picture and, and describing, you know, who these guys were, even though we, we all had, like, this idea of who we thought they were, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's to me, to way, the, the way I see it, too, uh, not only did he um, describe as any of these wrestling, I mean, if it was Von er- if it was uh, Bruiser Brody or Billy Jack Haynes, but he took the um, the advice to heart because he mentions about Bruiser Brody saying, "Be be you. Don't don't try. Don't let them make you be somebody else. When you're in that ring, be you. Be who you are." So, I mean, I mean, as like I said, Bruiser Brody always had a bad reputation, according to you know all these other documentaries and all this stuff stories that I heard. But, you know, and not only that, Lance Von Erich pretty much, like I said, he vividly spoke, like, oh, oh his story, it, it gives you a vision of what he's going through during the book. I mean, he mentioned one point where I believe he went to Japan, uh, I think because uh, World Class sent him to Japan. He, I mean, he even wrestled drunk. That's how crazy he was back in the 80s where, you know, like you said, it was drugs, alcohol, all kinds. And he mentioned that Don Callis, approached him and said what are you doing out there you know so yeah i mean but i again it was so much pressure the, the way i'm looking at this book that that it got to the point where he got um i guess stressed out or burned out yeah that's a that's a very good that's a very good uh description and you gotta you see you gotta remember you know take you know it would be a lot different if, you know, we took a guy, let's say Kerry Von Erich, who's, you know, grew up watching his dad wrestle and probably wrestle with his dad in the in the backyard or the living room. Those kids were probably wrestling all their life, right? And so they, yeah, they talked about it. They did it. They're athletic. And, you know, uh, the one thing that Lance had going going good for him was he was athletic. But, you know, the, the wrestling was definitely a learning curve for him. Not not only the, the, the work inside the ring, but the lifestyle as well and the business side of things, too. You know, yeah. and uh, it was it was uh, difficult for him to to learn. So, Gary, you know, these guys, they're wrestling all their life and it was something they wanted to do. Lance did it. You know, it wasn't his passion. And it, he did it for one sole reason. You know, he's 24 years old and wanted to make money. He told you, he, you know. Yeah, that's true. And, because even um, in the book, it says that Kevin Von Erich uh, was not was not in favor of his father doing this. Because he felt that that was going to come and bite them later on. You know, um, so now that we brought up of Von Erich being burned out. Because he felt that he was doing all the work. And then I know what his kids, I think Kevin Von Erich got hurt at one point, like I mentioned earlier. And he had to, because he had to just carry that Von Erich name. And when he decided, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but when he decided to go to Fritz and said, look, I need a break. Uh, I don't want to do this no more here. I'm leaving world class. Uh, Fritz Von Erich pretty much kind of, 
either I, I say shot himself in the foot because then he went live on TV or he sent his kid, Gary Von Erich or whoever it was, to say that Lance Von Erich wasn't a real Von Erich. Yeah, well, that, that, that happened a little over time. You know, that happened, um, that was building up for a while. There was, um, of course, uh, uh, you know, Mike struggled with the, the toxic shock syndrome. And uh, uh, it took him a little while to get back in the ring. That was when, uh, during his recovery, that was when Lance came in, was October of 85. And then um, during that time, uh, in, uh, what was it, June of 86, is when Kerry had his motorcycle accident. Um, And in between, you know, Kevin had a, you know, had like a shoulder a real, injury, I think it legitimate was. Shoulder, yeah, shoulder injury. But also, too, on top of that, um, the boys had a reputation of not uh, following through with their commitments. And it was very known in the business. I, I talked to, you know, nine or ten, you know, ten people and, and all of them, almost every single one of them said, hey, they didn't show up all the time. They didn't always honor their commitments. And so, you know, that was one of the reasons why Lance was wrestling twice a week. Um, when I asked Lance, I said, hey, did you ever go and say, hey, um, you know, because his complaint was that the amount of money that he was making was not uh, measuring up to the amount of work that he was doing. Yeah, yeah, and, I that, yeah. and with Texas, with Texas being so big, too, Henry, you got to understand, I mean, you could drive, um, you know. I mean, I live in, in South Texas. It takes me a good eight, you know, depending on how many stops I, but it could take me eight to 10 hours just to drive to to Dallas or to Oklahoma, mm. you know? So you're talking, you know, you're talking how this, this is a big state where, you know, in 10 hours, you could probably drive to North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, that was another thing. The driving was was a a very uh, big factor in the thing. And so uh, I asked Lance about the money, and he said, "Well, I never actually, you know, said, hey, I'm not making enough money, but uh, there was like a stalemate, and uh, you know, uh, Lance kind of picked. A, well, I say a bad time to do it, but you know, he basically went a wall about two weeks after Mike Von Eric." Uh, funeral and so during that time he never showed up and they he never called in and they never called to see what was going on with him and eventually as time passed yeah fritz and carrie went on television to say he wasn't a real runner i mean but at that time already i think um and it says in the book that i think the fans were so distraught about only uh the von eric's kids passing away and whatnot that um i think they stopped coming to the events but I feel that that was not what what Fritz von Erich did, as far as you know, just letting people know that okay, Lance is not a real von Erich. I think it was just out of spite because um, it wasn't like he wasn't making money, you know, he was making money regardless. But uh, so he leaves out of world class, and now he wrestles. I think independent. He goes back to South Africa. Uh, and the the rest of the stories are very interesting because stuff that he was doing, um, I think uh, it was 
one point um, running guns from I think South Africa to another country, whatever. But the most most interesting part that I read was the one he said he was planning to ride eight hundred something miles in a bike across um, I think Kenya, one of those uh, countries. Uh, and me and you spoke to the private. Uh, he was going to ride since a year over uh, over what was it Zimbabwe? Zimbabwe, yeah. So the thing that led me wondering was the time that he said I think. His bike, um, the tire got blown down, and he was in the middle of somewhere. I mean, if if you could explain to me that story, because that story, I'm like, okay, this guy got stuck in the middle of nowhere in in rugged terrain, and now in the dark, now how he found a replacement. Oh, okay. So that's when they were were driving. So they drove from South Africa to... uh, uh, Victoria Falls in in like a GTE like a like a Volkswagen uh, Jeep yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. thing yeah yeah and so in the middle of the night they were drunk they uh, they they hit a bump or they they jumped something that uh, that uh, caused them to blow out their tire this okay. is before the actual the bike because what they did was they drove to Victoria Falls. And then they went, uh, they, uh, they were going to get on bikes from Victoria Falls, drive across Zimbabwe to go to Zaire. So they, um, they killed the tire in their, uh, truck and, uh, it was like 40 miles one direction to a city, maybe 40 miles to another direction of the city. And, uh, one of the guys says, well, I think I see something over there. They say the middle of nowhere, but you got to remember, uh, you know, in some parts of the in some parts of that region, uh, you could go forty miles without seeing anything. Oh yeah, and yeah. so yeah, I, thought, I, I, be- I believe it, but it was just like I, I think if I read right, because you know, yeah, uh, but, but they said they got caught in the dark and then there was nothing around them and whatnot. So that's why I, I said, well, you know what, when I talk to to Vincent, uh, I, I'm going to ask him, but but overall, yeah. Like, so, overall, this. So this, one of the guys, uh-huh. one of the guys saw some kind of a a, a shop or a building yeah. or a yeah. something yeah. like a, there's a house or something. I'll go see you if I can go get some help. So he goes over there and it was a tire shop. Yeah. So, but you know what to me, the way, the way I say it, this again. If I give up, if I give too much away, people won't be like, "Oh, they'd rather hear us talking about this." This book is amazing, man. And um, the well, whole, sto- the whole story where where we lands, and because I, I, you know, when he started wrestling, I'm uh, I was like 16 probably. I was collecting wrestling magazine like the Wrestler, the PWI, and all that. And he was in the front covers on some of them. And I always thought that he had a lot of potential. He could have been big. But I, I think to me, this is just my opinion. I think he was used by Fritz von Eric, and I think in the books it says it. There was a lot of people telling telling him already that he was not going to be bigger than Fritz' kids. Right. So you yeah, know. You're, you're well. I was. I'm. I'm. I guess I'm kind of curious to you as you know from someone who. Um, you know, read the book, but before you read the book, I guess what were your what were your thoughts uh, before you read it? I mean, what was your perception of the guy or who did, what did you think the story was? Because a lot of people are after they read the book, they're like, wow, I, 
I thought it was something else, or I didn't know it was that, or wow, I never knew that. So what was your, uh, I guess, misconception going into the book? Well, before before I read the book, I mean, like I said, I, I, I've been following Russ since I was like five years old. I'm 50 years old right now. And like I said, I, I heard of Lance Von Eric. When I first heard of him, was it, again, the wrestling magazines? Because at that time, there was no social media, none of that. You know, you, you follow the stars if you buy the wrestling magazine and you follow the other promotions. So when I heard of Lance Von Eric, I was like, okay, they got another Von Eric. Uh, uh, that's the cousin. Okay, that's the cousin, you know. Um, and I used to read the stories. Uh, they were feeding with the free birds and all that. I never really, like, once he disappeared from the wrestling world, I really didn't ask what happened to him because he didn't really leave a big, big mark. Like, for me, like, oh, let me look what happened to Lance Von Eric. But when I read this book, um, it's amazing of where he started from, um, from, you know, doing bodybuilding stuff, powerlifting stuff, whatever, to being discovered in a golf course and being, uh, you know, approached by David Manning and being asked to be a Von Eric. Uh, I mean, I was like, wow, you know, this guy, it, it, like I said, he never watched wrestling, you know, when he was a kid. Um, I love his story about his mom and the, um, you know, he was a little... A young kid that used to eat a lot of sugar stuff, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll save that for the readers. But yeah, it's very interesting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but when 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 he went that too, yeah, and then the Gulf, you know, he got discovered in the Gulf course. He went to Pacific Northwest. Uh, you know, was with uh, was uh, pretty much trained by most of the guys in the Pacific North: Bobby Jaggers, Billy Jack Haynes, Jerry Gray, uh, Sandy Barr. I mean, and, you know, he made, he made a name for himself in Pacific Northwest. But then when I read what he went through, all because, I mean, he, I think personally, I think if he would have just stood in Pacific Northwest and probably went to WWF at that time, he probably would have been bigger. But because he was promised to be a Von Eric and probably he figured, well, that Von Eric name in Dallas, and we're talking about Texas, you know, the Von Erics in Texas were like the Beatles. And he figured, well, this, he was all about making money. So that's all he thought about. Sure. So, but to, to see what he went through, like, you know, like he went thinking, well, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to, I'm going to do, it's like he was doing a favor for Fritz and he figured, well, I'm probably going to be the same level as his kids, but he never made the money like his kids. Yes. He was popular because he had the Von Eric name, but at the end, you know, I mean, after reading the story, I, I you know, I, I really, really was very entertained for what he went through. So, you know, stories like this, like I said, I mean, this book is well-written, well-told, and, and, I mean, he gave me a whole vision of what he went through. And, you know what, and I don't blame him for not even wanting to know nothing about wrestling. Because, you know, he went through a bad path, you know, path where he saw what would happen with the Von Erics and all that. And, you know, and then with the Gino Hernandez, how that, that went tragically. The Chris Adams story, which I, I tell my fans and who's listening to this, you got to read this story. It's incredible. And the Gino Hernandez story is also great. But, I, I mean, this is a, it's good. I, I see him in a different form. Like I said, uh, once he left wrestling, I didn't really even think about it. I totally forgot about him. Yeah. And, and you know, for me, Henry, I think it's, uh, to me, really, I think it's one of the best untold stories in wrestling. Yeah. I, I, grew, I grew up in Dallas, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I grew up. Uh, in Louisville. Matter of fact, it was 10 miles from Lake Dallas where the Von Erics lived. Mm. So 
I, I grew up in that territory, watched that wrestling. Um, Lance came in, uh, we all believed it, you know, and there's a lot of people today who say, oh, I knew he wasn't a Von Erich, and, you know, they use him as a scapegoat, and, you know, they, like, like he did something wrong. No, he Look, didn't. No, I don't. I don't, he I don't think do he did. I don't think he did anything wrong. At the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day, yeah. I think it was Fritz because he, they were took, they were thinking like, okay, David died, and I think he was thinking more on money wise. I, 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 do you think I could be wrong about that? Sure. You know, I mean, no, I, I mean, hey, it was a business. Yeah. It was a business, and it was you know the bottom line is the dollar, man. And so, you know, and I and I don't fault him for that, but. You know, he started thinking, hey, you know, my sons are the stars of this. The Von Erich name is carrying this promotion. I need Von Erichs on this card. You got to remember, not only were they wrestling at the Will Rogers Coliseum every Monday night and the Sportatorium Friday night, but they're going to two different high schools. They're taking, you know, high schools or armories or bingo halls or whatever, right? They're, they're taking two uh, shows every night. One's in Waco. One might be in Irving, Texas, which is a city outside of Dallas. And uh, there, you know, so what Lance was doing was he was driving to Waco for the very first show, doing the or the the show and doing their very first match, getting in his car, in his trunk, driving back to Irving and doing the main event. Yeah, I mean that's a lot, that's a lot of that traveling. That's, that's a, a lot of traveling. And I think that's where I and think he, I think that's where. He got um, burned out because it, you know he was doing two, two, uh, twice a day. One one thing I want to say about this book, what I'm really proud of, and and look, let's let's just let's not mince words here. You know, uh, Kevin was never never big on the idea, and as you can see, he contributed a uh, passage in the very uh, beginning of the book. Again, we'll save it for the readers, but I reached out to him about a week before the book was printed, and he gave that to me. It wasn't a quote from two years ago or five years ago or whatever about Lance. It was something that he gave me for the book. I, I, text, I texted with Kevin several times, uh, and he gave me even some content and clarified some stories for me uh, with help in the book. So. Um, his name is in the book as a contributor as well for this book. Uh, but as you can see, if you read that paragraph in the very beginning, you will see that hey, it's not very flattering of, of Lance. And um, I will say this. Um, the, I, 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 I like the book because it could, uh, he could have taken the opportunity to, uh, tell a lot of unsavory stories and he didn't you know he didn't bash the von Erichs. yes he 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 tells his grievances and what he didn't like about it but as far as bashing them if if that's what you think the book is it's not but it is full of fascinating stories and another thing i like about the book is that you know it does tell stories of you know there's a chapter about rick flair because well, he was the man of the wrestling business at that time, you know, and he had some encounters with Lance and, you know, he learned some interesting things from Ric Flair. But, you know, you've got the story, the chapter on uh, Billy Jack Haynes and Steve Simpson, um, 
Chris Adams, Juno Hernandez, as we said. Uh, there's uh, that chapter about Japan and Friends. A good bit of that is about uh, Dusty Wolf and uh, yeah. Bruiser Brody. Oh, yeah. But it's, it, it's, it's a very interesting read because it talks about a lot of people that you, we normally don't read about in books, right? So I, I, I like that aspect of it. And, you know, again, it, it, it covers the, uh, the the world-class promotion pretty good there, but then, you know, it touches on Portland and goes to the international scene. And it does. It talks about some of the things. He he experienced some crazy stuff that happened over there overseas, and, and I think that's an interesting... That's I, I like the last half of the book in, in that regard because... It's it's so different, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, he covered a lot of stuff. I mean, and, and I mean, like I said, I enjoyed it because it was like it was like I was taking the journey with him. And then I think after after he really uh, like he left a uh, world class, and then he went and wrestled in South Africa, Australia, New Zealand. The stories after that are incredible. But um, again, guys, Lance by chance um, wrestling as a von Eric. Written by Lance Vaughn and Vin, Vincent Berry. Uh, can you let my fans know where they could uh, order this book? Because th- I'm telling you, this book, if you guys don't get this book, oh, my God, y- y'all crazy. This book is awesome. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I believe the book is priced for affordably. You can you can get the uh, the book signed or unsigned. And uh, you, you can go to lancebychance.com. That's www.lancebychance.com. And uh, if you have any questions, you know, you can reach out to me and contact me. I uh, respond to all the emails. Um, and, and uh, you know, I just, uh, I hope, uh, I hope that, uh, you, re- you know, not only do you read the book, but that it opens, you know, really kind of opens up uh, because, look, when I was writing this book, I tell you, I was blown away when my uh, my perception of the story changed. You know, when I was like when he was telling me stories, I was like, wait a second. What did he just say? And he had to tell me the story again. I was like, yeah, but I thought it happened like that. He goes, yeah, a lot of people thought it happened like that. Yeah. I mean, so, you know. I, I think uh, I think you're going to get something that uh, I, I think you're going to be reading a book that that you don't expect to read. I, th- I think I think a lot of people go in thinking it's going to be one thing and it turns out to be something else. Oh, and yeah. uh, when I was working on editing it, Henry, a lot of people uh, I gave it to three people who didn't even like wrestling at all. And they said they couldn't put it down. Yeah, I mean. Like I, like I said, I, I started reading a book on my way to go up to upstate New York for a friend to visit a friend of mine. It was like an hour and a half ride. I started a book. I was like forty five pages in one day. I don't even read that much in the book, but after that, I kept reading it and I couldn't put it down because it was very interesting. And it's like I wanted to look forward what what was next. And this is was better than a documentary. I don't think anything anybody could write this better than the way you wrote it and and and, the, and how. Lance told the story, but this is a great book, guys. You need to get this book, Lance by Chance. Um, Vince, I appreciate you coming to my show um, and talking about this. Um, so you're always welcome to my show. Um, again, let everybody know where they could reach you as far as social media. Yeah, you can reach me at uh, Vincent Berry on Facebook. You can le- reach me at Eric Lance on um 
underscore Lance or Vinny Barry on Twitter. You put my name in and then my my Twitter handle will come up. So Vinny Barry on Twitter, Vincent Barry on Facebook. You can uh I have uh two websites. I have www.russellville.com. That's where I write stories about the independent scene and veteran wrestlers. Um I've got some stories on there right now currently of uh, Miranda Gordy, Dante Smiley, um and so uh you'll see some stories of that or you can go order the book at lancebychance.com and uh I please encourage you to go there and and check it out and there's a description of the book there's a list of the chapters that are on there you know there's a uh forward in the book by david manning a passage by uh, kevin von eric and dusty wolf and there's 36 pictures in there a lot of those pictures have never seen the light of day um there's you know you got some pictures from uh africa from india you know a couple pictures from israel and uh yeah i think uh i think fans are going to be quite surprised by the book and i i i just again i encourage you to read it i loved doing it i i felt like this was one of those stories that i was i was born to write and a lot of people are asking me uh what's my next next project going to be and and i have no idea what that is you know um but but i tell you this was the book that i i truly believe in my heart that it was meant for me to write. Well, listen, it's a great book. Um, and thank you once again for coming to my show. Um, guys, uh, I will be right back after this. All right, Vince, thank you for coming to the show. God bless. Hey, thank you very much. Right, Bye-bye. Bye. Today's episode of the Chokeslam Wrestling Report is brought to you by the NBA Store. A new year brings the start of a new NBA season. Suit up with the latest gears to show your support for your team. We may be sidelined from going to the arena, but that doesn't mean you can't watch basketball from your couch in style. We are teaming up with the NBA and Pot Gold to bring our listener up to 75% off on select items. Yes, you heard that right. Go to potgo.co slash NBA for up to 75 5% off selected items from the NBA store. The NBA, where amazing happens. So there you have it, guys. Uh, I was honored to have a interview with Mr. Vincent Berry and the Lands by Chance book, Wrestling as a Von Eric. Um, I think you guys are going to be very interested when you hear the interview. Guys, get the book. That's all I got to tell you. Get the book there is nothing else i'm gonna say because uh i mean it's, I, I i will read this book all over again i mean it's, it's a great book but back to the wrestling scene and going behind the curtain real quick here there's a lot of stuff going on um, um according to uh fightful select john cena didn't want a wwe to sign a current major star according to R. Anderson in his podcast, he said that he, when John Cena was, I think it was 2014 or 16, whatever it was, um, they pretty much, R. Anderson approached John Cena and told him, look, there's a couple of guys that I think will get something new and fresh in WWE. And he was talking about James Storm. He's talking about Bobby Roode and AJ Styles. And John Cena, in his 
reply to that was, I don't want to work with them. Who are those guys? So pretty much to show you what John Cena was all about behind the stage. Um, the fact that they did the, uh, I remember they did a, a program where John Cena, AJ Styles, and the promo where AJ Star, Styles said that John Cena was known to uh, bury uh, wrestlers. I uh, mean, Rusev was one of them. He, Rusev was an unstoppable force in WWE back in 2012. And they fed him to John Cena, and his momentum was never the same. Uh, John Cena was known for um, pretty much um, running the roost, if you could say. He played pol politics in the back. Uh, a major WWE star calls Roman Reigns passionless. And I don't know if this is a shoot or this is real. Because um, in reality, if you think about it, um, WWE used talking smack supposedly to do shoots, and um, I remember watching. Uh, uh, I think it was Kevin Owens and Paul Heyman. When Paul Heyman was giving Kevin Owens praise, so this one was more of okay, is this a is this a shoot or this is a work? Uh, and we're talking about Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan pretty much kind of dissed Roman Reigns. And he said the reason Roman Reigns, when he first started wrestling in WWE, uh, the reason he used to wear uh, a bulletproof vest was because he didn't have a heart. So that's kind of, uh, kind of a, a smack to the face to Roman Reigns, which Roman Reigns right now, a lot of stuff going on with him too. Uh, he made a comment, which I felt that, um, it goes to show you these guys think they are entitled because of their heritage and the Samoan dynasty uh, conspiracy that I've been saying for years and people think I'm crazy. But it is what it is. But it looks like Daniel Bryant may be the next guy to wrestle uh, Roman Reigns because uh, today the Rumble is on and uh, already... Um, Roman Reigns supposed to wrestle Kevin Owens in a street fight or a last man standing. Who who knows? So, um, and that storyline is pretty good. Um, so, Daniel Bryan against Roman Reigns, they'll probably put that again as a, as a, well, they put it as Daniel Bryan like 2014 when they did the WrestleMania when he wrestled Batista and Randy Orton or Triple H, whatever it was back then. Or it's just another um, opponent for Roman Reigns to probably beat at WrestleMania. AJ Styles and Paul Heyman finally confronted each other on SmackDown. On uh, I think it was SmackDown Talk or Talking Smack, whatever it's called. And that was the first time these guys actually was in the same uh, spot. As you guys know, the story behind AJ Styles and Paul Heyman. Uh, AJ Styles pretty much blames Paul Heyman for having Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson let go from WWE. Um, the, the word is that it was Paul Heyman who gave the okay to Vince McMahon to get rid of them. So pretty much AJ Styles told Paul Heyman, you know, if I want to, I could go after Roman Reigns title as long as you don't have a job. So I don't know. Again, they do all this stuff in Talkie Smack. You don't know if it's a shoot or real. We do not know. Also, uh, Eric Bischoff had the balls to say that a former top star was effing boring as a WWE champion. 
And he's talking about Bret Hart. The nerve of this man to even say that Bret Hart was boring. Uh, my opinion on this, I mean, every bitch y'all has been going around just like putting everybody down. He's beginning to sound like Jim Cornette with his comments about wrestlers from the past. Um, and for him to even say about Bret Hart, first of all, when Bret Hart went to WCW, I still felt to this day that WCW did not know how to utilize him because they were too busy, you know, riding the NWO boat. And with Hulk Hogan in the back and his politics, um, they didn't use Bret Hart correctly. I think Bret Hart, the only thing uh, before the NWA disappeared completely was the United States belt. It was the only thing that I felt that um, Bret Hart pretty had. And then once the NWA kind of settled or kind of like phased out, then they put the the world title on him and then they put the tag team belts with Bill Goldberg, which he said Bill Goldberg was the most disrespectful wrestler in the world. So for every Bischoff to come out of nowhere and say things like that and to say he is was boring as a WWE champion, he's got to be crazy because Bret Hart matches were good. You know what I'm saying? He was what I call a, a methodical wrestler, a technician. He knew how to do his work in that wrestling ring. So for him to even say such a thing, I find it kind of stupid and uh, annoying. So uh, what else is here? A WWE Raw star says Goldberg has thin skin. And this is coming from Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle did a video talking about Bill Goldberg has a thin skin, a ultra thin, which is pretty much is like calling him a condom. Um, but this is coming from what Undertaker said about wrestlers being too soft and then Bill Goldberg agreeing with the Undertaker about, you know, uh, wrestlers today are too, too, too soft because they're playing video games. They're not it, looking pretty, you know, because, you know, back then, you know, you had to be a tough guy and being in the bars drinking and shooting up steroids and snorting cocaine. You know, the wrestlers now, because they don't want to do none of that, they soft. So that goes to show you what this, the old generation thinks of this new generation. And... Matt Riddle, of course, as you know, Matt Riddle right now is not being used properly in WWE. And what a better way to continue his little feud with Goldberg and call him a thin skin, not thick skin, thin skin, which means that Goldberg is easy to antagonize and get him pissed off. Uh, I agree for the first time with Matt Riddle about that because Goldberg is one that shouldn't be talking about anything, uh, especially a guy who just don't care about the business. He only cares about the money, which is real, real Dumb. WWE also announced yesterday the number one and two entrance to the men's Royal Rumble, which is now Randy Orton and Edge. So thank you very much, WWE, for killing the Royal Rumble tonight. Uh, and I now is just going to be probably be a boring ass Royal Rumble. And they just did it. I don't know why, because they don't have no fans. So the the part of expecting surprises, expecting who's coming out of certain numbers. WWE decided that, oh, it's cool to just give you who's coming out one and two, which it makes no sense to me at all. And the fact that they tried to, they even went and put this on WWE backstage, a failed show. And I'm going to say that failed show because people just don't get it when things are failures and they bring it back just to get, you know, um, just to get fans to look at, uh, at the, at the backstage shows. And, 
to tell you who's going to be number one and two, and then who's going to be the 30th entrance. They had a match with Tamina and Natalia to give you who's coming out at number 30. Who cares? You think I wanted to watch Natalia wrestling uh, Tamina? What? Whoever wasted their time watching that, I don't know what to tell you. You know what I'm saying? I do not know what to tell you. Stephanie McMahon, she said they have plans to go back to a one-night WrestleMania, but we'll see what happens. Well, of course, after you decided, you saw what New Japan did last year with the Wrestle Kingdom, two-night Wrestle Kingdom, which is 10 hours and whatnot combined. If you put both shows, so you decided to do uh, WrestleMania two nights in a row last year, which both of them were not all great at all. It was one of the worst WrestleManias I saw. So now you're going to do two nights of WrestleMania this year, but at least you're going to have or attempt to have 25,000 fans at Raymond, at Raymond Stadium. So that is something that if you're going to put the one-night WrestleMania game, please do not put it eight hours because nobody's going to watch eight hours worth of WrestleMania. Not everybody has to be in the WrestleMania. That's not the way you used to run it back then. Whoever did well during the year, set up cars you set up storylines and that's why you do the the storylines you know the wrestlemanias um pre- wwe president nick khan said it was difficult to get non-fans to sample the wwe network um yes it is not simple it's hard because not everybody watches wwe and especially now with this peacock situation and i i brought it up on uh, my youtube channel um on friday the peacock situation, I, again, I'm going to say NXT is going to be the one who's going to suffer because I feel that now with NBC taking out NBC Sports and they're bringing all that content to USA Network, they're going to kick out NXT out of there because they're not putting big numbers. Okay, the whole purpose of bringing w- uh, NXT to the USA was to combat AEW uh, Dynamite on TNT, and they've been losing since the inception of AEW. I mean, they won a couple of, if I could count it, probably won 10 weeks out of the last almost two years. So I, I, I see NXT heading to Peacock, and which is better because they don't need to be competing with anyone. And then you just built that brand up like it used to be. So that's putting them against NXT. And then you got the old man pretty much gutting out NXT to, to the bottom of his bones and whatnot because NXT is not the same when it was two years ago. No way, no way at all. So when President Nick Khan claims that it was hard, of course, if you think you only have one, one million subscribers here in the United States, six, uh, 600,000 international, what that tells you, six years NX, uh, WWE Network was around and you only built 1.6 million fans, you should have had at least 10 million and you was not able to get that. So now... Yes, the WWE Network was a failure. And I don't care what anybody said. It is a failure. Don't give me this, oh, they sold it for $1 billion, blah, blah, blah. Of course, it's $1 billion in five years, $200 million a year. And again, at the end of the day, they're not going to put over $5 million, $5 million people in the network. Just because you put in $26 million, uh, uh, new views in Peacock, you're gonna get twenty. No, that's not happening. See, it's gonna. And the, the funny part is that people are gonna look at what it used to be back then to what it is now. And now every Monday and every Friday, and well, Fridays they're a little better. But Monday to watch, they're gonna be like, "This is garbage." 
And the funny thing is, their SmackDowns and Raw shows are not great, but their pay-per-views are all right. So, I don't understand that one. You know, so, it's crazy. Here's the best part. Roman Reigns say, I would have been too... It would have been too easy to compete in the Attitude Era. You know, the nerve of this man to even say such a thing. Um, you're, again, Samoan conspiracy, and I keep saying it over and over again. Roman Reigns pretty much was given the number one spot in WWE when WWE saw that John Cena was getting old, and they went and they tried to push the Roman agenda for five years, trying to shove Roman Reigns right down our throats and they thought they was cool for them to do that i mean roman reigns got booed in philadelphia a year after he did a great room uh, a great royal rumble and and but then they put they did the worst thing the, the cardinal sin put daniel bryan in there and he only lasted five minutes and then they try to use the rock to justify roman reigns win and that old backfire for five years and then you had the man beat the Undertaker, which was the worst and whatnot, where he got booed out of the building. And it wasn't until this year or last year when they actually made him a rule breaker. But for him to say that, you know, it would have been too easy to compete in the Attitude Era, no, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. Because back then you had the Stone Cold Steve Austin's, you had the Rock, you had Triple H, and those guys were running the roost, and those guys were doing politics in the back. I mean, not much as Stone Cold because Stone Cold – was not too happy with the way McMahon was trying to run when he tried to put Brock Lesnar to wrestle Stone Cold Steve Austin in TV and beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. He felt that that wasn't the right move. It should have been a pay-per-view. So, Roman Reigns could say whatever he wants, but at the end of the day, if it wasn't for Vince McMahon and your father, who I don't know what he has under Vince McMahon's head, you would not have been the number one top guy right now. You Yes, you carry the WWE, but... If you would have been in the Attitude Era, no. I don't think that would happen. So, other news real quick, guys. Um, John Moxley attacked Kenta this week, this past Friday. So, now they already signed the match between Kenta and Moxley for the IWGP United States title. This is up for February 26th, a new beginnings in California. So, that's going to happen. Um, so, also, New Japan just crowned new never open weight champion. Uh, by the likes of Hiroshi Tanahashi as he beat uh, Shingo Takaji for that belt yesterday. Um, so that um, Mr. Tanahashi, 44 years old, still winning belts in, in New Japan. Um, Tasha Steeles and Kiara Hogan says that they will face any team from any promotions. Um, so to me, um, I wanted to bring this up real quick because if you really think about it, there is no other division or tag team unless uh, AEW Dynamite will send um, Diamante and Ivelisse to wrestle these girls because Diamante and Diamante and Hogan are a couple. And so I can see that happening uh, just to push the women's division. Right now, if you look at Impact Women's Division, they're not deep. They're not that great like they used to like two years ago. So they are... They need of women's division right now. I mean, you got still Jordan Grace there. Uh, they just lost Tyler Valkyrie. They're always losing somebody. Jordan Grace's contract is up in May. Uh, they just lost Tyler Valkyrie. So that is something that I want to see where she's going. She's going to end up in WWE. She might show up tonight at the Rumble. Who knows? So 
But that is it, guys. That is my show for today. Um, again, I want to thank Mr. Vincent Berry for being part of my show today. Um, that was exciting to was able to um, pretty much do the show with him. Uh, with the interview about the book. Um, also, guys, again, the Royal Rumble tonight. I may have notes about that on Thursday with my AEW Dynamite. Uh, we'll probably get into to see what is the uh the feedback and the the outcome of the royal rumble who's gonna win it i think bianca belair should win the woman's uh royal rumble tonight if she don't i don't care to watch the woman's division anymore bianca belair should be the one put they should put a rocket behind her back and push her to the moon and have a few with charlotte uh sasha and, and, and bailey whatever who they had to even if it, becky lynch is coming back you know if they don't push her you know why they're not pushing her because they want to still push the same boring-ass chicks. As far as the men's, uh, I believe they probably Daniel Bryan may win it. If there's anybody else in there, I, I don't care. I really don't care. I mean, WWE did not promote Royal Rumble like they're supposed to. Uh, it was just, they just don't care. McMahon don't care. He's a million, he's a billionaire now, so he don't care. So, again, guys, you want to follow me in social media, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, also, I am part of the Wrestling Joners dot com the uh, Jonas Podcast Network. You can follow me there. I also got my website called uh, tcwr dot very impressive dot com. Uh, so um, that is cool. Uh, I'm part of that. That's real cool to to be part of. Um, and um, you can follow me everywhere. If you want to follow me on other podcasts, you can find me on Spotify. Uh, iHeartRadio, Apple, um, Google Podcasts, Pandora, um, Popbean, uh, Amazon. So you can find me anywhere. So I'm everywhere, guys. So with that being said, guys, I just want to let you know, have uh, be safe, wear that mask, stay six feet apart. And remember, social distancing. Until then, I will see you guys on Thursday for the AEW Dynamite Review.